0: What's going on, people? Welcome to the Post Game Number Crunch. As usual, I'm your host, Jake Painting, creator of the House and Growls Timberwolves newsletter, and this podcast is proudly brought to you by Canis Hoopers and SB Nation. Before we get into this episode, I'd like to keep thanking you all for your continued support over this podcast and over at House and Grows, uh with my long-form articles, my post-game player ratings, and the Howl Lab videos. We are getting closer every day to turn this podcasting and writing thing into a full-time gig. And honestly, you guys have been the reason why, obviously, it doesn't work without everyone listening and everyone reading and everyone subscribing. And really, it's the reason why I'm getting closer to achieving my goals and to really living out the dream that I want to live. So with that being said, hop over to howsandgrouse.substack.com or follow the link down in the show notes to check out some of the stuff the stuff if you haven't already and hopefully be convinced enough to sign up for a monthly subscription at just $3 per month anyway there is a game to talk about and it was another wolves win this time over the lakers 111 to 102 Man, it it really never gets old beating those Lakers and it feels even better when they roll in wearing those Minneapolis jerseys that are blatantly stolen along with those, those titles that they stole and it wasn't always pretty. In fact, there were large portions of that game where it was downright ugly, but that is the kind of dogfight you can get into against a team who are equal parts desperate and equal part just terrible like the Lakers. And yet the Wolves still get the win. One that never really felt like it was in danger of slipping away, but did show some some scary signs at times. Uh, and honestly, I do think there were a lot of positives in that game, despite the, ugly, the ugliness, especially in that second half. Of course, there was Anthony Edwards' third quarter, which we're becoming accustomed to, even though that, that is a really special thing to see him go off like that. There was the Torium Prince cameo, which was amazing. And, and really, it wasn't even a cameo. It was an entire game. And the fact that Rudy Gobert can quietly go about his business and record a game that has 21 points, 22 rebounds, and two blocks. Uh, even so, with all that goodness going around, it feels like we have to touch on Carlton Towns' passing again. We spoke about it in the preseason, but now we're six games into the regular season. And it's showing no signs of slowing down. And that's why this episode's number is 5.5. As in the career-high 5.5 assists that Towns is averaging after another 7 assists in this game. Now, I've spoken about Towns being a big wing, as in someone who can operate less out of the post and more as a perimeter threat like a wing is. But I think that it's more of a blend between those two two personalities the not just the big wing but also that post that post passing player and that player that can make plays out of the post I think it's a little bit more of a blend as I said than I originally thought it would be of course there are passes in the game that he makes that are big wing passes in this game we saw a bunch of extra passes to the to the open shooter when he was spotting up on the perimeter and we're seeing him attacking more closeouts often to kind of whip live dribble passes to corners or to lob threats like Gobert and that's all stuff we just didn't get to see as much of last season he didn't have as long as as long of a leash to do that last season when he was strictly kind of glued to the post or the elbow or right at that top of the key position above the arc but there's still that post game in there the difference and i think this is a hugely positive difference Is that he's really using that post game exclusively as a zone to pass from, rather than rather than making it a scoring zone where he has been fairly efficient historically, but really bad last season once once teams really start to crack down on on the double teams. Um, That that area was. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: the roast of Tom Brady. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. A nightmare of wayward passes and weird shots to get away from the double team. And now it is a legitimate pillar of efficient offense. And really, it's impossible to mention that pillar of efficient offense without mentioning Rudy Gobert as well. So I want to bring him into this conversation because Rudy has really been a part of that offensive pillar that I talked about that's opened up a new avenue for Towns himself. And I don't want to take any of the credit away from Cat because he's staying more controlled. He's not panicking and generally just handling any sort of aggressive double-team pressure with a more composed demeanour. Still, there is a large part of the actual assists number that have stemmed from that demeanour being attributed to Gobert's presence. Now, yes, the defence is still bringing double-teams at cat because Rudy isn't a shooting threat, just like Jared Vanderbilt wasn't a shooting threat, but Rudy Gobert is also huge. He he isn't Jared Vanderbilt. And that's with no offense to how amazing Vando was for this team. And we all know that, you know, if you've listened to this show before, or house and Drows or Paint Points, you know that I am a massive Vanderbilt fan. But Vanderbilt and Gobert simply differ massively in both size and importantly in Dunker's spot craft. Now, we know the Dunker's spot is... That area along the baseline where, where Vando would creep along and sit instead of being spotted out as a shooter, obviously Rudy Gobert does the same thing, uh, and that's they they're very different in that way as as well as they're very different in size. The size difference allows Towns to just float passes into Gobert's general direction rather than having to pinpoint passes like he like he had to with Vando, and the dunker spot craft, which is is. Probably the most important bit, as I said here, means that Gobert knows where to be and when to be there at a much more instinctual level. Fando grew up as the defensive maniac we know, but he was also used a lot as a passer, a ball handler, and even a shooter in his high school and G League days. Gobert's been a dunker spot merchant from day one. He knows where to when to stay in that spot, when to... to Receive a dump off or to receive a lob in that spot, and he knows when to slide over in front of the rim to collect one of those pass pounds. there's there's post passes from someone like Towns, and I think that's the that's a big variation here between those two, and the numbers back that up. Uh, that big that big to big connection worked at times last season, but in terms of assist numbers and in terms of every night connection. Towns only assisted Vanderbilt 27 times throughout last season. And already in this season, six games deep, Towns has assisted Gobert 13 times. And that doesn't take into account how many times Gobert has either missed a bunny or got fouled going up and missed the shot. I mean, that's the disparity right there. It's, it's night and day. Even with all the improvements Towns seems to be making in his patience and his decision making. Sometimes just having a bigger and more dynamic and smarter dunker spot player alongside towns can give up, can puff up those numbers whatever the case it's it's been fun. Towns hasn't really found his stride as a finisher around the rim and he has been spotty at at times in his new defensive role, but this passing boon has been a joy to watch, and at times it's been. The only part of the offense that hasn't been like a clunky mess. Uh, I just think that when you when you look at this thing as a whole and you're looking for the positive signs, because I know, I know right now there are some negatives, you look at this game tonight and it's a good win over the Lakers, even if the Lakers are a bad team and missing Anthony Davis, all in all, it's a good win. They kept the Lakers at arm's reach most of the night, but... There was a lot of that clunkiness still, a lot of bad shot selection, a lot of iso ball at times, a lot of your turn, my turn kind of basketball. But if you're looking for the positives, if you're looking, if you're looking for the stuff that really does have chemistry already, Towns Townsend-Gobert is the first thing that comes to my mind. We've seen the lobs. We've seen the, the big, big pick and rolls. We've seen the, the ones that I'm talking about a lot in in this podcast is where Towns has the ball in the post and Gobert flashes to the front of the rim and Towns kind of whips it over his head. How many times did we just get frustrated at Towns whipping passes over his head that didn't find the target or couldn't be caught because they, they didn't have the right amount of pace on them or they had too much height on them? Now you've got, now you've got Gobert, who doesn't have great hands, I, I would say. He, do, he does still drop a lot of passes, but he's just massive, man. And being massive, I've been, I've been hammering home this point since before we even saw the two play. I just think that Gobert being huge is huge for this team. And effectively, it's been huge for Towns as well because he can just throw those overhead passes. They don't have to be laser beams. They don't have to be bullets. They can just be lobbed, floating passes into Gobert's general direction. And he knows Gobert is going to be there to clean it up. And that's what Gobert did all night in his in his 2020 game was clean things up and... You know, you go back to those numbers thirteen assists already to Gobert. That in six games, you're looking at you know tripling, quadrupling the number that he, that he had to Vanderbilt, and that really does take away some of that clunkiness, some of that uh, those spacing issues that that we thought might arise with with Gobert on the floor, or the spacing issues that did arise with Vanderbilt on the floor. A lot of people forget that last season. At the start of the season, we really didn't know how long this Vanderbilt-Towns thing could work because of the offensive spacing, even though Vanderbilt was so good defensively and was causing so much havoc. So right now, I think the spacing isn't an issue. They obviously haven't been shooting the ball great, but I don't think it's because they've been getting bad looks or they haven't been able to get looks. It's more just been shooting variants, which I spoke about after the Spurs game. Uh, It's... It's been fun, man. Like I said, it's been fun. Uh, I really hope it continues. I hope it's not a flash in the pan thing that we just see at the start of the season. I really hope that Towns has taken another step in, in the passing ranks and he continues to either stay at this level or even take another step because Lord knows they haven't figured out everything yet and there's just so much untapped potential in this Gobert and Towns partnership and I think that Towns being a willing passer and an able passer and someone who's growing as a passer is only going to help the team going forward. So let's see if that continues. I'll be here to decipher it. If it does, I hope you will be too.